0: Welcome to the Media Ministry of Crossroads Church Aspen. To learn more about Crossroads, visit our website at ccaspen.com. We hope you enjoyed this message by Pastor Steve Woodrow. Uh, Again, glad that you're here. We started a couple weeks ago a new series called Foundations, looking at pretty much the first three chapters of Genesis and also connecting and merging in that the first three chapters of Romans. And uh, just to kind of bring everybody up to speed, the first week we looked at the creation account leading up to the sixth day or through the sixth day. And, uh, looked at this idea of the renewal of awe and wonder, right? Uh, and of God's creation and what he calls us to. We so desperately need that today. And, uh, I just took a look at the whole creation, creation accounts. God's concern is not primarily science, right? But it's something bigger than science that makes sense of science, which is at this functional world, how it is to fit together, work together functionally. And then we moved in last week from there into, um, the last part of the sixth day where we talked about being created in the image of God, the pinnacle of God's creation, which is us, created in His image and we just dove in on what that's all about. God creates in In his image, male and female, and how important that is in this culture, right, today to have a firm foundation of God's design. Why it's better, why that is uh, his creation, and uh, boy, his design and blessing um, for those things. This morning, if you have your Bibles, we are going to be in chapter 2 of Genesis, the first three verses, and we're looking at this um, idea of rest and experiencing Sabbath rest of God. And what that is all about. Folks, I think, uh, I'm I'm just going to throw it out, generalize, but I think all of us are a little confused about this idea of rest. And I just throw that question out to you this morning. How do you rest? How do you rest? What I'm willing to bet for most of us, now look, we all need rest. And there's, if you have a hard day, hard week, we need time to just kind of, right, recuperate physically, emotionally, whatever it is. But what I, I, where we're headed in these verses where God wants us to go is there's something more profound, something far deeper about rest um, that God's getting into here in the seventh day of Sabbath. What is the Sabbath rest of God that he invites us into? Um, That's where we're going to go. And so to just get into this, I just want to say again, welcome. And I want to say, no matter where you're at this morning, no matter where your heart is, no matter where your faith is, what you believe or anything else, this is what I do know. I know that God himself knows exactly where you're at this morning. He knows exactly where your heart is, where your soul is, what you're wrestling with. He He, more than anybody, knows the chaos that you're dealing with in your life and the chaos you're trying to manage, right, as we look at what's going on in this world. My question for you this morning is, how are you managing the chaos? how are you managing that chaos that we we don't have to go too far as we look around there but deeper than that, how are you managing the chaos in your own life your family your things around in your realm how are you managing that chaos and the bigger part of this is how are you moving that chaos to shalom how do you getting to a place of peace how's your soul getting to a place of rest and peace and this, folks, is the creation account. Do you realize that when back to the very beginning of Genesis, right, there was some form of earth, right? And we know that there was something radical cosmically that happened with the fall of Satan to the, to the earth and everything. And it tells us in the beginning, the earth was without form, void. Darkness is over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the chaos. And then God spoke. And when God speaks, He brings order. And when we line up by faith with God's design, he brings order to our life and he brings shalom, peace, out of chaos. And folks, that is the gospel. And we'll get into that a little bit this morning. But that is the glory of the gospel, right? Which is, man, when I come to the end of myself, when I have stopped thinking I can manage my own life, my own emotions, my own future, everything else, and, and, and I look to God and... And, uh, and I take my chaos to Him. I take my mess. I take everything I'm dealing with. And I, I come to Him. And that's why Jesus came, folks. He came to bring peace, shalom. And what it means to have peace with God, it means you're right with God. You're right with Creator. And there's no greater rest or peace we could ever have in, uh, than that. To know that, man, my soul is right with God. I am good with Him. Right? That's what the gospel brings. That's what Jesus offers freely to anyone who'll take it. It's not religion. You can't do matter of fact, you can't be good enough. You can't do enough stuff. Can't do anything for it. Everybody comes to the cross. Everybody comes to this place. Remember the prodigal son. He came to the end of himself. Came to his senses. And the gospel in Christianity that means nothing. It, it is just it will just get moved into religion if I think I have any self righteousness, if I can do something good to to, you know, to please God. Then I don't need Jesus who gives me everything. Jesus plus nothing is salvation. That is and should be the most glorious news in all of the world. It has to be received by faith. Right? And he's ready to rush into my chaos and start bringing order and the shalom of God that makes sense of who you're created. Only God knows how your DNA is put together. There's no one like you in all the universe. Only God knows you and what you're dealing with and your uniqueness, and he wants to bring it alive. And folks, without rest... You know, I think we all know, as soon as we walk out these doors, you know what, your phone's going to blow up, you're going to start Sunday, you're going to start getting all stressed out about the week ahead, everything that's going on. You know, or if you're here on vacation, you're going to have to, well, how are we going to take advantage of our time here? Whatever it is, is chaos gets on us quickly, doesn't it? Gets on us quickly. The question is, man, how, are, you, how are you living empowered by the rest of God? He didn't create us to be busy, 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 and just constantly in a in a... In a form of chaos. That kills life. That kills, it brings, the it has physical ramifications, emotional ramifications. We are created to be in peace with God, right? And Jesus is the one who comes to bring that peace, that shalom for us, okay? So uh, before I get into the text this morning, um, let me just, this, if anything else, this is kind of the the summary of Genesis 1 through 3 and, and a proper understanding of what Experiencing the rest of God is actually all about. Um, Something deeper than some ritual that was given to Israel. Something Jesus fulfilled. Something he still calls us. of Hebrews says there's still a Sabbath rest waiting for God's people. Right? This is what God calls us into. Nothing is more restful than to know we've been aligned in our hearts and lives with God's word, his will, and his works. Folks, there's nothing. That will bring peace into your life. There's nothing more restful, peaceful, than to know, right, that we're right with the Word of God, right? That, that we're we're aligned with it. There's not a breach between us and what God has spoken to us, right? When His will, there's not dece- all the decisions we have to make in life, man. There is nothing more restful than to know, Lord, I'm exposed, I'm free before You. Everything decision I've I've made, I've brought them to You. And ask for your guidance. I'm not over here trying to do something that I want to do. That I'm just going to leave you out of God. And finally your works. We're going to look at Ephesians 2.10. God has created you and works for you to do. He designed you uniquely. Your gifts, your talents. There's no one like you with gifts like you. And God has works for you to do. It's an amazing thought. Nothing, folks, is more restful. Do we not have a meaninglessness and purposelessness problem today, especially among our young people? What's the meaning to life? What's the meaning for my life? The reason we have suicide and emotional problem today is because there is a radical chaos when it comes to my purpose in life, my worth in life. And the gospel is the only thing that holistically heals and brings blessing to that. Folks, when when men, when I realized, wow, God's got things for me to do, and I start coming to him and let him guide my decisions and open doors and everything else. And many of you could give testimony, right? And uh, Jacob again, oh, I forgot to say, Jacob who's leading, is he in this service? He's probably not. He's the first service. But Jacob's leading worship, Derek's out of town at a wedding, and um, just thanks to Jacob for leading us in worship, that was awesome. But we had a great conversation before the service, and he's just talking about being, learning to get in the flow of God's will. And when, when when you feel right, it's just like, it's almost effortless, because God's just, he's answering, and we don't have to carry this weight, this, oh, I gotta figure things out, right? And there's also just a piece deep inside us to know that I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to keep something from God and trying to manage life over here and just have God over here in just one little compartment of my life right Um, that won't get us into the abundant life that Jesus promises right his his children so that's where we're going with that said turn your Bibles to Genesis chapter two the first three verses this is the seventh day thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all the host of them and the seventh day, and on the seventh day, God finished his work that he, had been, that he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. And so God blessed the seventh day. He made it holy because on it, God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. All right. I'm going to just take us on a... You're going to have to hang with me. We're going to move our way to answer the question, how do I do this? How do I Get rid of the chaos in my life. How do I enter genuinely into the rest of God? But to get there, I need to do some theological work here around the Sabbath. And... Um... Still to this day, just like during Jesus' day, there's still this battle going on between those who want to put us under the law and those who miss the gospel and the fullness, the deeper aspect of what God right, is doing here and what Jesus has done clearly right, in his ministry. Um, so we understand the fullness, the depth right, of true rest, what that's all about. So here we go. Hang with me here. Oh, that was already been there. All right, here we go. What happened on the seventh day? Now, I'm not going to get into, man, this is 24 hours, whatever, but let's just look at the rhythm of life, right? We're here on Sunday. Why are we gathering? And the Sunday is technically what day of the week? The first day of the week, right? Uh, Sunday is not the Sabbath. So if you ever grew up saying, oh, this is the Sabbath, no, technical language, this is important to understand, the Sabbath has always been the seventh day, Saturday. Um, Why do we gather today? On Sunday. Right. This is the first day of the week. This is the Lord's day. Over and over again in the New Testament. The Lord's day. This is historically right when Jesus rose from the dead on the seventh day. On the um, first day. This is the. Uh, and, and why did he rise on the, uh, on the seventh day? Maybe not the Sabbath. Folks, it's the first day. It's a new beginning. It's a new creation. It's a new covenant. It's something glorious and new, right? So it's the first day. Historically, the early church gathered early on Sunday to worship before they went off to work. And the, as you know, most of the early church was all Jewish, right? And so they still, to be faithful Jews, even Jesus, they still uh, uh, were observant and they observed the Sabbath, uh, uh, on Saturday. Again, we live in a Judeo-Christian nation. Well, uh, yeah, that's a whole nother discussion. But um, anyway, we have a Saturday and Sunday weekend because of what? Sabbath and the day of the Lord, okay? And, um, and so the early church, and, and, and as it flowed, right, is more and more Gentiles. As the gospel went out from Jerusalem and got to more and more Gentiles is, remember this, the battle, all through the New Testament, the battle of how much do the Gentiles have to become like Jews to be Christians, to follow Jesus. And this battle goes on and on deeply all through the book of Romans, the book of Galatians. It's heavy in there. It's this deeper aspect of the law, the role of the law, with the role of the gospel, right? And this is, these are all r- critical things to understand Um, Because we're going to corrupt the gospel if we do not understand this. Like the warnings over and over again. Do not put yourself back under. Oh, Galatians, who's bewitched you? Why have you put this burden of law on you again? Right? Rather than walk in the freedom of the grace of God. Right? Um, The Jerusalem Council, Acts 15, kind of puts the nail in the coffin. The Jews, they stayed observant. They didn't have to. Right? Just like you saw even the food laws. Over and over again, Peter was set free right? from those with a vision and, and went into the homes and everything. The only thing that the Jerusalem council put upon the Gentiles, right? they, 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 in other words, to follow Jesus, they didn't put on them any of the ceremonial or civil laws that were put on Israel. Now, this is absolutely critical to understand. You will always have people creeping and sneaking into the church. And today, and this is very important to understand, when there's chaos in culture, do you know that people move towards more structure? A lot of the way people handle the chaos in life is, i got to get some structure. i got to put some wall. Some of that's okay, but the problem is this is why cults blow up during times of chaos because people just need a place for somebody to tell them what to do. Somebody put some structure in their life. Rules, I moved to rules. Well, I'm just going to, I don't have to think. I just, here's the rules. I need to go to church. Just tell me, this is why some people like a liturgical church. I know that I'm going to come. I'm going to do this. I'm going to kneel. I'm going to say this. I'm going to do this. And you know, the, the idea of trusting God, listening for the voice of the Spirit of God, having a real relationship with God, aligning my heart and life with His Word and, and all these things, that, that's some work. That's deep water. That means I've got to expose my, my soul. It's much easier just tell me what to do. I'll just show up at church. I'll go through this and do that, and boom, I'm off. I don't have to really expose my soul, right? And so um, what's important here in this understanding of the seventh day, oh, um, well, let me go to the next question, is, oh, no, I do. I want to go back. Sorry, jumped ahead. Not finished. So Here is the most important, again, I don't have time to break all this down. But for an ancient Israelite, when they, when Moses got revelation for God and wrote, got Genesis and the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible, that was given specifically to the Israelites. For all of us, but specifically written to that ancient Israelite person. In their culture, in their, what they would understand. And this is why what's so important in, when we read the Bible is to make sure we have a lens. Uh, how did this hit the original hearers of the, of the word of God? So we can get to a clarity of what it means, right? How they would understand, for them, it was razor sharp clear. Right? What we've done is we've taken the Sabbath and we just crunch it down. We just jump ahead. By the way, the Sabbath is not mentioned again until Exodus sixteen, when God calls the Israelites out of Egypt. Okay, and um, and specifically turned it into a very clear law that you keep Sun or Saturday and no work and you know all the laws that went with it. And that was given specifically to the ancient Israelites to set them apart as a people for God, that they would be known, right, uh, as Sabbath keepers, right, the, the seventh day. Um, well, here's what's important. Genesis 2, right, when they read this whole account, seven days, they would clearly know what's going on here is that seventh day is when God's presence entered the temple of the Garden of Eden. What God is doing here in creation is create, in the Garden of Eden, is creating a temple. A dwelling place where now, and when he says this idea of rest and everything we just read in Genesis 2, it's God coming, sitting back, this is all good. And now he comes to dwell in his creation to have fellowship with Adam and Eve. This is the, shows us God's heart from the very beginning and we see the fulfillment of this all into the gospel because in the New Testament, where's the temple now? What did Jesus say? Destroy that physical temple, in three days I'll raise it up. Right? This is the temple, and we'll get to that, and to the profound nature of what's happening here. But folks, we, miss, we will go sideways if we miss the, what's happening here on this seventh day. It took Solomon seven years to build the temple. It was on the seventh year that the kind of glory of God filled the temple. right? And it is not a temple unless the presence of God is there. We have all kinds of shrines and what once used to be you know, places of God's. And If God's presence isn't there, it's not a temple. It's just a nice shrine. And this goes the same for our entire body and being. And so what we need to understand here at the very beginning is what's happening here is God is creating the Garden of Eden. This is why you'll see in many temples garden imagery. This is all interconnected incredibly. And this is why all jumping ahead... Um, which I can go to the next question now, to what happened to the temple in Eden. We know, we'll get to it in a minute, in chapter 3 of Genesis, right, where Adam and Eve said, hey, God, I'm sorry, we're going to take of that fruit. You're holding out on us. We can do better on our own, right? And then the garden, because here, what happened? Now sin entered in. The temple was corrupt. And so God barred the Garden of Eden from mankind. And the Garden of Eden was removed from this earth. The presence, the temple of God. In the New Testament, we read about that temple. We read about in Hebrews 12, what's going on in the worship of that temple now. In the restoration of the gospel, what God is always on his heart, folks, is to dwell with you. How's a holy, perfect God going to... And we read, we're going to read about it in Genesis 3, where it says, God was walking and talking in the garden with Adam and Eve in the temple. That's what a temple is. Until Adam and Eve blew it. Now we're going to talk about the beauty of how much greater the temple, the new Jerusalem that's coming down to this earth, the book of Revelation fulfills for us, how much greater that is going to be because the, guard, because the tree of the knowledge of good and evil will not be there. We'll talk about that um, when we get to chapter 3. But the point... Here, we've got to hold on to is For us to understand the Sabbath rest of God, we have to understand what's happening on this seventh day. God created a temple. He created creation. It's good. It's good. Now I can come dwell with creation. And I can, part. listen carefully, take dominion of this creation. I can partner with you in taking dominion and have fellowship with you. That is God's heart from the very beginning. And what do we see? We're going to get to it again chapter 3. We run and hide, don't we? Anybody run and hide from God? Anybody tried to run and hide from God? My I ain't the only guy? Come on out. Thank you. Some honest people in the house, a few. We've all done it. We've all run and tried to hide from God, thinking we can manage life better without Him, right? And so, um, what did Jesus say about the Sabbath? Here's, here's what's real important. Jesus, um, and again, I'll just give you a couple things right now. This is Matthew 12, 8. Mark, 2.27, uh, you, you can go study it yourself. Look how Jesus interacted with the Sabbath. There was always contention around the Sabbath. But what Jesus said, most, this most important we need to hold on to, is he tells him this incredible thing. He says, I am the Lord of the Sabbath. And the Sabbath was not made, uh, or, or man wasn't made for the Sabbath. Sabbath was made for you. And I, Jesus says, am the Lord of the Sabbath of the sabbath now what i just said think about this chapter 2 the sabbath seventh day god's presence in dwelling his temple to live with adam and eve jesus is now showing up i am the lord of the sabbath so you need to get close to jesus if you want temple fellowship you want the rest of god you got to keep your eyes on jesus he is the one who restored the new temple He is the one, by knowing Him, that fills your heart, my heart with the Spirit of God and makes this, 1 Corinthians 6, says this is the temple of the living God. And the shalom of God wants to come in and bring residence and and bring rest here, right, to prepare the way. And we'll get to that in in just a minute um, until uh, uh, God's presence comes back um, here in the end. So what did Jesus say? Um, he said those two things, and he was always bantering. Just look at the Gospels. He is always, the go- the, he got in trouble over the Sabbath, healing everything else more than anything else, right? Anything else. Again, the early church never held Sabbath ob- strict Sabbath observation on to the church, never. Only the Judaizers did. And the scripture couldn't be any harsher against those false teachers, whether it's circumcision, whether it's you just go down the list of laws, right? Um, and we'll get to that in a minute. <clears throat> Ephesians chapter two. Just I'm, I'm going to just breeze over some stuff. You want to look at this? This is this is what makes sense of Paul's discussion. Ephesians chapter two. That says when the gospels come, Jesus is the one who's conquered the wall of hostility between the Jews and the Gentiles. What is that wall? It's the law. He's the one who knocked it down. Right? So that we could be one, and read chapter 2. It goes on to say we could be one temple of God's presence together. Right, um, And then I do want to take us to Colossians. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Colossians chapter 2. Um, I'm going to read that for us. Uh, just to kind of drive home this real important point. If I can find Colossians. There it is. Chapter 2 verse 16. Listen to this. This is Paul speaking to the church. Verse 16, therefore let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink or with regard to a festival or a new moon or a sabbath. It couldn't be any clearer. Okay? Who all of these things relate to all of the ceremonial civil law that were given to the, to the people of Israel in the Old Testament that Paul is constantly, as a Pharisee, trying to set people free from as none of those rules or avenues right to the presence of God. And he goes on, he says, These are but a shadow of the things to come, but the, substitute, but the substance belongs to Christ. Verse 19, Hold fast, church, to the head. Hold fast to Jesus. Hebrews has a lot to say about rest. And uh, the idea of Sabbath rest of God. And, And it says those who believe in Jesus enter his rest. Right? How's that? Again the Spirit of God comes in. The temple presence, Sabbath rest is experienced inside our souls now, right, in a powerful way. And he goes on down here and talks about in verse 23, you know, just saying all of these things, they're promoting self made religion and asceticism. In other words, you can put all the strict rules and discipline in your life, all these things, the, the civil and ceremonial laws of, that you see in the Old Testament and any other things, uh, the severity to the body, but they are of no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh and then let me finish let me read on to chapter 3 remember in the original text there's no chapter we, we Westerners we put chapter divisions in the Bible so don't ever just stop at the end of it just re- keep reading because you'll miss something if you just stop if then you have been raised with Christ. In other words, if you know him and have been united with Christ in his death, burial, and resurrection. Seek the things that are above. Where Christ is, is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on the things that are above. Not the things that are on earth. And then back to verse 20. If um, with Christ you died to the elemental spirits of the world. In other words, wow, this is very important. Why as if you were still alive in the world do you submit to regulations? Folks, what are the this word in the Greek? This elemental spirits it means the forces, the physical creation itself. Why is it, church, that you're submitting to these rules, food rules, everything you listed, right? Laws of watching the new moon. I got to stop and do this. I can't work at this time or that time. You've been set free from all that. Jesus fulfilled it for you. That's the glory. You've been called for freedom. Galatians says. Do not in this day and age buy the lie of anyone who tries to submit you back to any hardcore rules, regulations because as it says right here, they will do nothing for your spiritual development. They will put you in bondage to the law. And folks, if there's anything in the church... I think that it's been we just see this historically right throughout all of time, right? Is that we think and with all the bondage today, just go down the list of things in our life, is that what we do is we try to help people. Here's the steps, here's the rules, here's do these things. And don't get me wrong, look, there's some discipline things we're all to be called to do, but boy, if those ever take precedent over keep your eyes on Jesus. Seek the things that are above, where God has for you. How do we seek things we're gonna talk about that in a minute, but um, we we put Jesus. It's a relational context of pleasing Jesus, walking with Him, being aligned with the kingdom of God, being aligned with my with the Word of God, with the will of God, and the works of God. Um, that is the point, right? In all this, ultimately, and so. That leads us to the, uh, and, and there's so much we could say on this as far as just this idea of Sabbath rest for God's people. Hebrews says, we're still, there's still a Sabbath rest awaiting for us, right? What is that? That's the New Jerusalem coming down. A whole nother fulfillment, right, of Sabbath rest. Jesus fulfilled it, right? The temple idea, the presence, and that presence has moved into your heart if you believe in Jesus. And the overwhelming idea of the gospel that Jesus has come in to the chaos of my life and resides and i just asked you this morning are you in touch with that all with the awe is your response to that one of man god wants to he loves me that much he cares enough even in the midst of all of our junk right all my doubts all my just go down the list of junk right one thing for sure all of our lives prove the truth of the bible that we're sinners all of humanity, all of history, it proves the truth of the Bible. Humanity is sinners, we're helpless without God moving in this world. Amen. Right? And he has moved. And his arms are open wide to anyone who will just cry out to him to come, right? And to help them. All right, let's get practical here. Is and I hope I just threw a lot of stuff at you. Again, let me just say this. I, I, we want to continue the discussion. Please don't just go. Man, let's have, you know, get a coffee with each other. Get over lunch. Talk about these things. Let's talk about setting our eyes on the things of God. Let's talk about some important stuff, right? Change the conversation at the cocktail party. Whatever it is, right? Um, let's focus on the things that bring life. And, and folks, after, at every time we come together, we're here to pray and support one another. So please never leave here. If you're wanting to talk to someone, pray with someone, if, you, if someone you can't connect with that's a part of this body out there, is we're always down here after the service ready to pray and to, and to talk and to connect. Uh, that, that's the family of God, right? Working, working together. All right, how do we experience the Sabbath rest of God? So uh, back to my statement, um, nothing is more restful than to know we have been aligned in our hearts and lives with God's word, his will, and his works. So let's just walk through those three W's, okay? What is experiencing the Sabbath rest of God? Okay, and remember, if the Sabbath rest of God is God's invitation to you, going back to the garden, to to walk with you and talk with you. And so we're going to get there in chapter 3 in Genesis. But think about it. Remember, God's walking along. He's like, Adam, where are you? What's happened? Why are you hiding? Well, I was, I was naked and ashamed. Well, wait, who told you that? I mean, look at the conversation. God, in all of his grandness... He cares about the little details and and sufferings and struggles in your life and wants to walk with you, right? And entering his Sabbath rest is something, folks, that should be a part of the rhythm of life in any time. It doesn't have to be once a week. It should be every day, right? It should be multiple times in a day where we realign our hearts and our lives with the kingdom of God. Because if you know Jesus, you are immediately a citizen of heaven. You're a child of God. And you're part of, of the kingdom of God that is going to come in its fullness right to this earth one day. And that, that's where I should be. Remember, Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness. And all these other things. What you're going to eat. What you're going to wear. All the worries of life. You know what? Your heavenly father, he cares for you. He's going to lead you. If you're in alignment with his will, guess what? He's going to he's provide. He's going to do phenomenal things for you. He's looking to who? Over and over. that's looking to follow him to come and bless. Right? And so this idea of Sabbath rest of God is is this coming to God. Not just individually. This is something that should happen in discipleship groups. Right? As a church. Is that we should be, right, as a church. And this is why we gather together. To align our hearts with the kingdom of God. Do you know that's one of the primary reasons we're here? The church, Ephesians 2, we are a larger expression of the temple, the presence of the Holy Spirit in here. When we gather together, Jesus says he is among his church in a special, powerful, manifest way. And our awe should be in the wonder of a child. What is God going to do? And when I come and gather among God's people, God's Spirit's working in a special way. and, And all things are possible. That's the awe that should be spurred when we gather as a larger group, right, together to align our hearts and lives. Lord, whew, the world that beat me up this week, I've been consumed with a thousand things out there, man, I've done some dumb things out there this week. Lord, realign my heart. Lord, wash me, cleanse me, realign my heart with your kingdom and the blessings of your kingdom, right? So what does that look like? The first thing is this, the idea, how do I align my heart, my life with the word of God? These are his spoken words, right? And so just a couple questions is what, what are we not looking at with a biblical lens? Is there something in my life, something in my political views, in my cultural views, in my moral views? Go down the list of things. Is there something that I'm not looking at with a biblical lens? And to start living life with a biblical lens means I'm aligned with the kingdom of God. That means I understand seeking first the kingdom of God. I start living that. Because the Spirit is taking over more room in my life than my own flesh. And my desires that are fed by the world and all the lies about how to find satisfaction out in the world, right? Is man, Lord, is there something? And folks, this is where we get into banters. This is deep work, right? Because it requires repentance and realignment. I mean, and this is something that we've lost. When Jesus began his ministry, he began it, and the gospel writers define it like this. His preaching was, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And I think today in the church, we just need to restore that across America. The whole context of when we gather together, right, again, should be the same, right? This big umbrella, repent, in other words, realign with the kingdom of God for his kingdom is at hand. Even now, his spirit is moving. He knows exactly what we're wrestling with. The question is, am I willing to humble myself and open my soul? God, come speak. Just heal me. Align me with your truth, God. Right? Where are we not in alignment with the word of God? I I just, this is where discipleship comes in. In other words, do not think that you can have fellowship with God and hold a view that's contrary to His clear teaching. Not going to happen. You'll be out of communion. You You might have given your life to Him, but you cannot work against His truth. That is suppressing the truth. We talked about last week the consequences of that. This is the course of wrestling it out. Lord, I'm struggling, right? This is discipleship. I am struggling with what this says on this issue, whatever it is. I am struggling with that, Lord. Show, and here, here it is. Here's the line with the king. Lord, you show me your truth. You give me through your word. You give me. You show me. You overwhelm my flesh and my desires with your truth. And ultimately, I'm willing to surrender. Jesus said, if you're going to follow me, you must deny yourself and come follow me. And I need to embrace this word, right? That's where it begins. This is, and, and, and here's the deal. There is nothing more restful than knowing I'm aligned with the Word of God. The most miserable people I know, folks, after I don't know how many decades of ministry, are people who claim to be Christians, but who are not lining their life up with the Word of God. They're the most miserable people I know, because they're trying to live a life where I'm a Christian, I go to church, I, I do these things, but, but I'm, just, I'm not going to let God expose me too much. I'm not going to bring my life in submission to His Word, is man, that is a miserable, dark place to be. And most of us can give some kind of testimony about a season of life where I just said, no, I'm gonna go my own way, God. Uh, nope, not gonna submit to that. Folks, there's no, all we do is create chaos in our life. We create chaos and confusion, right, in our life. When God's saying, I've got shalom for you, I've got rest for you, I've got blessing and abundance for you, right? Second one. Um, alignment with His will. It's got chopped off here. Alignment with the will of God. So am I making or did I make any decisions in my life without seeking God? Whoa! We all have. <laughs> and so I just ask you, is that, is that formed in your life? How do you make decisions? All decisions. All decisions. Even decisions down to I'm going to go Purchase Amazon Prime Day sale. Psst. I now that sounds silly, but, but I'm just, do you have that kind of freedom before God? Who you're going to date? Who you're going to marry? What business deal you're going to do? What are you going to do with your finances? Where are you going to go on vacation, if you're going to go on vacation? Where are you going to invest money? What town you're going to live in? What sport you're going to get involved in? Is God blessed this in your life? Or, or have you, are you living? I think what happened in America is we, we live like deists. God's up there, He's removed from my life. I can just go down here and I can, I can just go out here and bike whatever I want to, play golf whenever I want to, do whatever I want to, spend my money however I want to, and oh, God, I'll check in every now and then. Do you realize that's how so many quote Christians live today? Do you realize that's not the Christian life? You know, it just says, if you want my abundance, if you want my power and favor on your life, and don't measure it by the economics of the world. Right? If that's said, look at the disciples' lives. Remember, the first shall be last, the last shall be first in heaven. Because the last shall be first, they're the ones who lived for the kingdom. Not for the reward of this world, not for what this world accolades and gives claps to, but for what God says, this is the kingdom, this is what pleases me. And is that the kind of life I'm living? Is someone walking with me? Am I in discipleship? Right, to say, Lord, I, I've got some decisions to make. I want you, I, I just lay it out before you. Here it is. And take the time, maybe sometimes fasting and praying. God, I, I want to know. Remember, before Jesus decided 12 men to follow him, his disciples, he prayed all night. Wow. When was the last time you fasted and prayed? Prayed all night for a decision. Like who you're going to marry? Most important decision besides if you're going to follow God in life, you make. What job you're going to take? Well, just go down the list of things. And, and the things we think, we hear that and we're like, oh, that just, ooh, that, that, that we, the lie of the flesh, because the flesh inside is going, oh no, that is going to bind me up. And that's exactly what Adam and Eve did. No, no, man, Lord, he's going he's gonna, to he's gonna keep things from me. I need to get freedom, so I'm going to go take that fruit and make decisions on my own. Folks, this is happening, this is, this is the course of every soul, every life, right? Man, to be free with his will. That's where you start to hear the voice. You, if you, I, all I know is if, if I'm not hearing God, it's probably because I've been out making decisions without God. Right. Third one. And again, this is where I have to repent and realign. Lord, sorry, I just went out and did that. I'm sorry, I, 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 forgive me, I lay that before you. Let me realign with your kingdom, with your heart, Lord. I want your favor, I want your clarity of voice in my life, right? Final one. Are we, align, are we allowing the Father and Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, to establish our work? Oh. Are we doing the Father's work, he's prepared for us? Ephesians 2.10. Now this is deep water. Well, I mean, this is all deep water. But this is getting a little deeper, right? Ephesians 2.10, as I said earlier, is that God has created you with special work for you to do. Jesus in John, 12, John 17, Jesus said that I've completed, I've finished the work, Father, you gave me to do. Paul said, well, I'm ready to be poured out. I fought the good fight. Father, I've completed the work you gave me to do. That is finishing well. To know, I've completed the work, only the work, that the Father has given me to do, right? And so, folks, with this entering the rest of God, there's nothing more restful than to know, wow, man, my work is is what I'm doing is in line with God, and and it just begins by bringing him into it. Lord, here's here's my work day, here's my job. Come on, Lord, show me, speak to me, right? He wants to be involved, right, in, in all of that. Jesus in John 5 says he didn't, do, he didn't do anything he didn't see his father doing. That is to be an example for us. And that's how we should live as a disciple of Jesus. Lord, I, I don't want to do anything I don't see you doing. Hey, we've got this opportunity to go on this mission trip. Lord, but is that your work for me? Show me, confirm that for me, Lord. And you know, the reason why so many of us don't get radical, powerful, prophetic words and supernatural voices of God, and because we never give God a chance to speak. We're doers. If you don't sit back and give God time to speak, you'll never hear the voice. You'll, you'll never have God lead you. This is why Paul. I mean, look at the scripture. These guys wrestle sometimes for years with God before I need to hear from you, God. Right? So those are the three: His will, or His His um, His word, His will, and His work. The peace of God. That's because I come into the temple and I have fellowship with God and man, I'm free before him. I'm aligned with my God. I've had, I've had Sabbath rest before him, right? And, and we, there's so much we can say about all these things, but how many of, well, no raise of hands, we can all raise our hand, right? We're, we all struggle with work, toiling, and, and we'll get to that part of the curse in a minute, right? But why, why is, where, where's God Where's the sense of getting that peace of God, Now I'm right with you. I'm right where I need to be. It's not maybe what I want to be doing now, but I'm waiting on you, right? I'm waiting on you. So Jacob, y'all come on up. Um, I just want to pray for us and just give us a little time here to rest. And uh, man, just listen to your heart. Listen, open your heart to what God is saying. And um, man, he's got stuff, folks. The kingdom is at hand. Who, who is going to make their hearts available for that that God brings in? Right? And He'll use whatever you have. He'll use your gifts, your talents, your resources, your platform. Man, He'll take it all. And we need it all. Right? So Father, we just come to you now and Lord, oh man, restore in us, Lord, a people, Lord, with so much chaos Lord, we need your Sabbath rest. Teach us, Lord. Holy Spirit, come. Let this, let our church be a refuge of your rest, your presence, Lord, where we commune with you. We hear from you. We encourage each other. We hear from each other. We hear you speak through one another. All of that, Lord. Holy Spirit, just come. You know where each of us are at. Do your work. Lord, encourage us. Awaken our soul, Lord. You love us. And you want to transform us, God. Help us get out of the way, Lord. Come now. Do your work, Lord. Thank you for listening to this message. To hear other messages or learn more about Crossroads Church, visit our website at ccaspen.com.